0: It was the Jewish celebration of Shavuot. It was the Jewish celebration of the Feast of Weeks in which they celebrated the coming of the law of God, the Torah, the giving of the law of God, the Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai. They were celebrating the coming and the giving of the law of God to the people of God. And this coming of the law of God establishes a covenant relationship between God and between the people of God. In which God shows the people how they are to live, what they are to do, how they are to relate to God, how they are to relate to each other, how they are to relate to people outside the covenant community. The Torah comes, it is given, the law is given to establish a right way of living so that we can see and know and understand what God expects of us, how we are to live and what we are to do. And so this is the purpose of the celebration that was going on at that time in Jerusalem. The, the, the festival of Pentecost, as it's called in Greek. Shabbat is a very important celebration for the Jewish people, a very important feast, the Feast of Weeks, in which they recognize and celebrate the giving of the law. Well, here we have the disciples. They're also in worship and in celebration. And then the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon them. And that's in and of itself not anything surprising. Throughout the entire Hebrew Bible, throughout the Old Testament, Prophets were constantly having the Holy Spirit descend upon them and go into them, and then they would speak for God. They would speak a message of of God to the people or to the king, a message of God that should be heard, understood, and accepted. Sometimes you didn't want to accept it because often God's message was not a good message, a difficult message to hear, and then the Holy Spirit would leave that prophet So only while the prophet was speaking for God, specifically with the Spirit, the anointing of God on him, only then could he be said to be speaking for God. Well, this is a different kind of gift, what we have happened to the church here. The Holy Spirit is given. The Holy Spirit descends upon the gathered believers, the disciples and others. And they began to speak the word of God. They begin to speak the message of the death and resurrection of Jesus and its meaning for the people. They begin to speak it, and not just in their own language, but in multiple languages. Indeed, there were people from all over the Roman Empire in Jerusalem for this celebration. And they all heard the words and deeds of Christ being proclaimed in their own native language. Now, the empire had an official language. In the west, it was Latin. In the east, it was Greek. And then you had your regional language, Aramaic for uh, Judea. And, and a person in that day and age would speak multiple languages. They would speak Aramaic as their mother tongue in, in Israel. They would speak Aramaic as their mother tongue. They would be able to read after they've gone to synagogue school. They would be able to at least read some Hebrew, and then they could speak a pidgin version of Greek to get along with the Roman occupation, to engage in commerce with Gentiles, especially those who are part of the Roman occupation. So they could speak Aramaic, they could do some reading and speaking in Hebrew, and then they could do a little bit of speaking in Greek, but that'd be about it for your average person in the ancient world. A scholar could speak more languages, but that would be just about it. At best, that's all you could expect out of a Galilean, let us say, or someone from Judea or Galilee. And yet, they're speaking now in a miraculous way In the languages of all those who were gathered there. And keep in mind, the Roman Empire spanned the entire Mediterranean basin. From what we call Portugal in the far west, all the way to Judea in the east, and even beyond into the Middle East, into Iraq, and then down southward into Saudi Arabia. And, And the entire coastland of the Mediterranean Sea was under the authority and power of the Roman Empire. It was the Roman Empire's lake in many ways. It was the territory of the empire. And they were hearing the gospel, the good news about Jesus, being spoken about in languages from all over. The empire And the people were shocked. They were amazed. They were in wonder at what they were hearing. Not only was the message amazing, not only was the message about Jesus incredible, but they were hearing it in their own languages. And some were amazed and glorified God. And others sneered. Negative Nancys, they would sneer and go, Ah, they're just drunk. They're filled with new wine. And I always get a kick about Peter here. He gets up there and he says, "Ah, no, they're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning." Now, I don't know about Peter, but when I, you know, was in school, I had—I went to some parties where at nine o'clock in the morning, guess what? And didn't Peter ever hear the old saying, "It's five o'clock somewhere"? I mean, it's strange if you read it, but it's what he says. Peter, standing before with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. It's only nine a.m. Can't possibly be drunk. No, they are not drunk. They're not drunk on booze. They're drunk on the Spirit of God. They're not drunk with new wine. They're, they're drunk with the Spirit of God. Of God. They're drunk with the joy of God, with the grace of God, with the peace of God, with the presence of God, with the message of God that God has placed on us to proclaim this message about Jesus. We're filled to overflowing with the grace, joy, and peace of God. Just as it's pouring down buckets outside so also the Spirit of God was pouring into the disciples and they spoke. They could not contain it. They couldn't hold the message in. It burst forth from them. So much so that people gathered there from all over the empire could hear and understand this message. In a miraculous sense, they could understand what was being said. And then, Peter picks a specific passage from a specific prophet in the Hebrew Bible. He, he picks this from Joel. Joel chapter 2, beginning at verse 28. And it was read, uh, from the, as, as Peter quotes it in the Acts of the Apostles, I want to read it straight from Joel. Then afterward, I will, this is Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. Then afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves, in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Pause there for just a moment. Notice, it says, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and your daughters. And not only that, even on the male and female servants, slaves, in those days I will pour out my spirit. Not just the guys, the gals too, they will all speak. And this word prophesy, sometimes we misunderstand the meaning of the word prophesy. We think it means, oh, you're going to speak about portents of the future. No. Prophesying for God means speaking God's word for today, applying God's word as spoken by God now for today, interpreted by God's Holy Spirit for today, applied for today. Prophecy is about speaking about God's mighty deeds, God's promises, God's workings in Christ Jesus, God's workings with the Israelites, God's workings in our midst, and applying the revealed Word of God in Scripture to today. That's what prophecy is. In other words, it's called preaching. I once pastored in a church where I was asked after I'd been there a few months, Greg, why do you preach so much from the Bible? We've had many pastors, and none of them have preached as frequently as you do from the Bible. You could have knocked me over with a feather, friends. I thought that was what preaching was about. Preaching to, impl- to apply, interpret the Scriptures for today. That's what prophecy is. And so in the last days, Joel says, the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon the Lord. Sons and daughters of the Israelites, so they might speak in prophecy about the word and wonders and great deeds of God. I will show portents in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. Last days. Last days. I was uh, trolling around Amazon.com and I came across a book, 32 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 2032. Huh? Someone beat me to it. I was thinking about writing that to try to fund my, my retirement fund. But no. Huh? Peter says, these last days, and he's talking, he's applying Joel to right then, to the events as they were experiencing them, to that day of Pentecost, to that event when the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples and they spoke the words and deeds of God and Jesus Christ in many languages. He was equating the prophecy of Joel... To write then and there and speaking about it as if those were the last days. In other words, 1,984 years ago, they were indeed experiencing the last days. The last days, the terrible and glorious and amazing day of the Lord. 724,960 days ago, it was the last days. And so it is now. When the Agios Pneuma, that's the Greek word, Holy Spirit, or the Ruach HaKodesh, the Hebrew phrase for Holy Spirit. Ruach, the breath, HaKodesh, the spirit or breath of righteousness, the spirit or breath of holiness from God. This wonderful spirit of God's presence, this wonderful, amazing, riveting spirit of God's presence is poured out upon the people in the last days. And that's been true for almost 2,000 years. The spirit has created and continually recreates the church. Poured out upon all flesh. Now, it's too rich to miss the connection. Between Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, the celebration of the coming and the giving of the law, the covenant of Moses on Mount Sinai. It's too rich to to, to see that, and then to see Pentecost and the giving of the Holy Spirit and the establishment of the church in the new covenant in the Christian community. It's too rich to see, to miss. We must see the connection here. In the first, the law is given. In the second, the Holy Spirit is given. In the first, the law is given externally to show us how to live. In the second, the Holy Spirit is given internally to enable us to live. In the first, the the law is given, the Torah is given to show forth how God calls us to live and treat and deal with others and with God. In the second, the Holy Spirit is given to move into us. To transform us, to rivet us, to empower us, to nurture us, to nourish us, to enable us to treat others and to relate to God as God would have us live and relate. The celebration of Pentecost is the continuation of, completion of, fruition of Shavuot back at Mount Sinai. When the word of God, as Jeremiah will say in Jeremiah chapter 31, the word of God becomes written on our hearts. I will put my law within them. This is Jeremiah 31 verses 33. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Christians saw in the coming of the Holy Spirit, saw in the establishment of the church, this writing of the law of God, the word of God, upon our inner hearts. Christians interpreted Jeremiah, therefore, as speaking to this coming of the Holy Spirit. This coming of of the living Word of God, Jesus Christ now manifest in the Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us when Christ is alive in our hearts. There is no such thing as a non-Spirit-filled Christian. All Christians are filled with the power of the Spirit of Christ Jesus our Lord. All Christians are alive in Christ, alive in the Spirit. We have different gifts. Love, hope, faith, charity, and yes, discernment, healing, tongues, the Word proclaimed. We pray in in the sacrament of Holy Communion we pray that the Holy Spirit would descend upon us gathered here and on the gift of bread and wine. If you look in your hymnals on page 10, you'll see the prayer of consecration. After the Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. In which we pray, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. We pray that God would send the Holy Spirit upon these gifts so that through them, when we eat of them, the word of God which was written in the Mosaic Covenant and proclaimed by the prophets and incarnate in Jesus of Nazareth Well, now when we eat and drink of the elements of Holy Communion will be communicated to us internally to be written on our hearts. We pray that the Holy Spirit would come to consecrate the elements, to set them apart so that we might receive through them the very living, real presence of Jesus Christ to be written on our hearts, to transform us, To make us into a true Pentecostal people. A true people living by the power of the Spirit of God. With Christ alive in us. It's why we're going to go to the table of the Lord today. It's why we're going to receive Holy Communion today. To be open to the presence of the power of the Spirit of God. Writing anew in our hearts. The love of God for all. And it's not just for us to take and to hoard. That's the danger here. No, it's for us to receive and then share with all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. As printed in your bulletins, let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Here are the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. How manifold are your works! In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. When you give them, you gather them in, and when you open your hand, they are filled with good things. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we have received your Spirit, that in those last days our sons and daughters shall prophesy, and our young shall see visions, and our old will dream dreams. In the name of Jesus. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself over for us, He took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen, 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 As our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If those who are assisting would come forward at this time. Hallelujah, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Amen.. Let me dwell in your